guys, and welcome to Perspective. Today, I have a very special guest for you all. She is a public servant, fierce community advocate, and candidate for New York City's Council for the 49th District. Without further ado, here's today's Perspectives episode with Miss Amoy Barnes. Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I am great, tired, but really excited to, um, you know, talk to you. Yay. I was trying to, um, so I have a podcast, you know, I forgot to send it to you. (laughs) And so I have a pod, I have a microphone that I usually set up and, um, I couldn't, I didn't get, I, I wasn't sure like if I needed to, um, set it up for this or not because I usually we do our podcast re- recordings through zoom and all that stuff so we usually have like the microphone and all that stuff but it's there's so many like I find it fascinating I've never used this this anchor before I think that's so cool yeah I found it actually on YouTube um someone shared it and I was like well let me see because I, I wanted to do the podcast like as soon as possible in January so it was like the most accessible, easy um, app. And I was like, okay, let me see. And then it worked perfectly. It was, it's so simple. And so from there, that's how I've been uploading um, the podcast. Awesome. So this is really cool. Yeah, I'm so excited. Please send me yours. I really want to listen. You know, it's just you or with you and so. So um, my friend and I, so my friend Althea Stevens, she's running for city council in the Bronx in District 16. And we met her and I about two years ago, almost at a, um, at a, um, what's called Vote Run Lead. Vote Run Lead is an organization that helps support women interested in running for office. Wow. By providing them with different trainings and resources and things of that nature. So her and I met at this Vote Run Lead event. And so we connected from there and we stayed in touch and we kind of like have guided and supported each other through this like whole running for office process because, you know, once you decide to run for office, Mm -hmm. it's like a whole nother world, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I am learning. (laughs) (laughs) One day you will know. One day I'll. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. The future is you. (laughs) So, you know, it's a whole nother world and it's, and, you know, her and I kind of, where we had similar predicaments and similar um, uh, uh, questions. And, you know, we really, really also believe in supporting women and supporting candidates running for office. Like, you know, it does, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're running for office, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Even my opponents, you know, like I, I, I don't wish anything but the best on people. So, you know, we all want to do this. We all want to make sure that our community gets the best possible services and resources. And it's just about making sure. Um, but it's also about giving, you know, giving people access, especially those who are disenfranchised and underrepresented. And, yes. you know, Althea Stevens, she's a, a Black woman as well. I'm a Black woman. Um, and we both realize that this whole thing of running for office is such a secret sometimes you know like it's such a secret and you know unless you're a part of the club 
you don't, nobody really shares how to do it with you. And so we decided to start a podcast to talk about that experience and to share our, um, to share running for office and how it is to run for office and to be transparent about it and to be honest about it, but to also be supportive of each other and to other people and to say, you know what? It's hard. It's, it is hard. I'm not going to pretend like it isn't, but you know what? It's doable. Um, and if you, you know, if you're willing, if you, if you want to do this work, if you're willing to do this work, um, it's doable, but also expressing to people a lot of times that there's so many ways to lead in one's community. I think we all too often sometimes get caught up in the idea of being running for office and titles and things of that nature, but people lead in so many different ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Something that I believe is that you don't even have to necessarily run for office to make change, you know? And like, if I'm not mistaken, that's how you got your start, right? Just helping out in the community? Well, yeah, no, I mean, uh, exactly. I've, I've, I've been in the realm and world of public service my entire career. Um, and what I always tell folks is I've always been in the background, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm the person that's worked in elected officials' office or city agencies, and the person who is tasked with resolving the problem, finding solutions, organizing, um, and getting the work done. And in being in those capacities, I've learned how to navigate this very, very complex bureaucracy called government. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's where I cut my teeth. I cut my teeth in, um, in organizing, advocacy, um, community engagement and community development. You know, when I worked at the parks department, my job was to organize people around their local parks. Mm. Um, so really, really thinking about those things and those and, and, and bringing all those different perspectives and backgrounds to the table to then turning around and saying, okay, I think I wanna be the elected official that was that was that was a thought process that was that was something that i had never ever thought about before ever wow so first i want to congratulate you on your endorsement i know that must be huge for you um i've learned recently like how important that is you know i've been learning about politics and specifically campaigning recently um so i know that must be like a really big deal for you how do you feel I mean, and you know, I'm always honored to receive endorsements mm -hmm. um, because, you know, what I always say, it's it means a lot when, you know, people believe in you, right? Because you, I always say I didn't run for office without talking to my community first. Mm -hmm. I didn't run for office without consulting um, those around me. Um, and, and when I reached out to those individuals and folks, it was, it was a very positive response. That's beautiful. And so getting these endorsements is sort of like a, a, a solidifies that positive response, you know? So when UFT says, we endorse you, we believe in you, we believe that you're the best candidate and you're going to make sure that our members and our community and our students are taken care of, that is really important. That is that is really, I, I really am humbled by that. Um, 
And same thing goes for 32BJ, 1199, Hotel Trades Council, CWA, all these different organizations, you know, they really, really are amazing. Um, and I'm humbled, very humbled by them saying that we're going to stand behind you. We're going to support you. and We're going to try to help you win. Wow. So one of my questions um, is like, what woman inspired you or influenced you? And who are some woman leaders that you admire? Mm, well, you know, and, and this might sound so cliche and generic, but, you know, I'm raised by a single mom and um, my mother is like the hardest working person I've ever met. And I and, and it's the case for, you know, many of the women in my family, very hardworking women. My family and I, we immigrated here from Jamaica when I was four years old. And, you know, all I've known my mother to do is work uh, a minimum of two jobs, minimum. You know, so so literally, if I wasn't working two jobs, I felt lazy. <laughs> you know, so, you know, they yeah. so so, you know, and so, you know, when people talk about hard work and things like that, you know, when I when I was able to I always say it's not hard work, it's just work, because all I know is just you just have to work hard. You have to work hard to accomplish your goals. You have to work hard to get things done. Nothing's going to be you know, nothing was ever handed um, to us. It was just, it was just through lots of hard work. So my most influential person was always going to be my mother and my grandmother and the other women in my family who I'd seen build themselves up from nothing, you know, mm -hmm. literally and figuratively yeah. come to this country with nothing. Wow. Wow. I can relate to that very smallly because I moved to New York when I was around that age. I was five. And it wasn't another country, but it was a culture shock, definitely. I started kindergarten in South Carolina, and then I started going to school in New York, which was very different for me. The kids were different. The How everything looked was different. The weather was different. It was so, uh, everything felt new. I still remember what it felt like coming to Staten Island, finally, and Things that seem so normal now, I remember everything seemed so much bigger <laughs> back mm -hmm. then. So how did, how was it um, immigrating here? Did you have a similar experience to mine or what was it like? I mean, you probably remember, you remember being in kindergarten more than I remember being in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> I think in general, you know, coming, I, I, I like what you use as an example because even moving to a different state, like you said, is a different, it's a culture shock. Um, yeah. And, you know, you know, growing up in, in, in a very, you know, strict Jamaican family, it was, it's always, it's always a different type of um, uh, experience and, and a culture shock and, and things of that nature. So um, I think in general, it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's a, my family was always very, very big on 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 school and education mm -hmm. and all those things like that. And so like I wasn't allowed to do like go out and party and do things <laughs> that like all the other kids were doing that seemed normal. My mom was like, What? You're not going anywhere. You're staying in the house all day. <laughs> you know. I can relate. So <laughs> <laughs> so, so in general, you know, it, it was like, 
it's always it's always you as you grow up and you get older you realize why those why things are the way they are or why your parents yes. are the way they are it's their experiences and all they're doing is raising you based off of what they know and what their experiences have been but most importantly you know your parents you know, they do have your best interests at heart. And like I said, you know, my, my family, I was raised by the village. I always say that I was raised by the village and, you know, my mom being, we you know, working all the time. Mm -hmm. She made sure that I had a very strong village, a very strong village of community members, teachers, educators, coaches. I ran track, um, all throughout high school. Um, um, I, I just had a constant support system of, of people in my community that I knew cared about me and had my best interests at heart. And that's the Staten Island that I grew up in. That's the, that's the district that I grew up in. That's the home that I know. And, and, I, and I'm able to be here right now running for office because of that village, because of that platform, because of those people who did everything in their power to make sure that I had access to things, that I had access to opportunity, and that I um, was as successful as possible. Um, and that's important. And I want to make sure that our young people still feel that way. And the role of one of your elected official is to supplement and to support that and to create that village and that support system that allows yeah. our young people and young people such as yourself to feel like they have people who are going to make sure that they succeed. Yeah, I think that's so important. And like you're a role model for myself and other girls, especially on Staten Island where we don't have that that much. And so who were your... Um, role models in government such as like now we have so many so many women especially women of color politics now like Ayanna Presley, AOC Mazzy Hirono and like so many more women who are some of the people that I guess you looked up to or inspired you specifically um, in politics that's a good question I mean to be honest I wasn't really into politics no, I mean you gotta get you gotta remember, and you said it just now. Like there are so many women in politics, so many women of color, uh, more women of color in politics nowadays. When I was growing up and when I was in school, the only person mm -hmm. I knew about was Hillary Clinton. Wow, she was. You know, I look back on you know these things, and you know who did I learn about? Hillary Clinton, Shirley Chisholm. She was the yes. first. A uh, woman to run for for president, one of the first women to one of the first women to run for president, I should say. Um, yeah. But Shirley Chisholm, and then it's 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 kind of like you hear sprinklings about you know the political folks, Eleanor Roosevelt. She had she was a humanitarian, um, mm -hmm. and being a humanitarian is very political. People don't realize you know to be in the human rights industry is a very political industry. Um, so she herself was a politician in her own right. Um, just if not just as good as her husband, if not better than her husband, she was a very good politician. Um, and so really, you know, just looking at, but as I have grown in the world of politics, especially 
you know, my career evolving in politics, I got to meet so many people who aren't necessarily elected officials, but they're leaders in their own right. Labor leaders who are women, you know, and really getting to learn the labor movement, how women play such a huge role in that. Um, and amazing, other, and meeting amazing elected officials like Tish James, Letitia James, our attorney general, she's an amazing, amazing woman. Um, and yeah. to see her career grow and her skyrocket in her career, um, she is, she's fantastic. And also just getting involved in the world of politics, you, you meet so many people who are, how do I say, behind the scenes. So, you know, I always yeah. say an elected official is, elected official is only as strong as their staff, you know? And so I've been, uh, I've been a staffer for an elected official. So I know that the people that I always admire are the staff. I admire the elected officials, but I admire the staff because the staff makes that office run. So, you know, I've, I've gotten to make some really great friendships of those uh, many women behind the scenes who are communications directors and, and, and field directors and, and do this work in politics to, to keep, to get good people in office and to, and to keep constituents informed and engaged. So, you know, there's so many, though I'm back to what I said, there's so many different positions in government. Um, there's people who are commissioners and deputy commissioners and, all these mm -hmm. different roles, you know, that women hold in, in, in leadership positions that help run these agencies. And I've had the pleasure of working with some of those people and it's been an amazing experience. Like now that you've said it, I've, I've never even thought about it, but in the parks department, there are so many women who are in decision-making roles, like not even just in Staten Island, but throughout all five boroughs and, I was there with my mom a lot, so I got to see and meet some of these people, and it never dawned on me, but I'm happy that it was so normalized for me, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a woman making change, and I wanted to ask, since you said that you didn't have a lot of um, political women role models growing up other than famous ones, why did you decide to run for city council? What got you into politics? Like, can you recall the moment where you realized, okay, public service, politics is a career that you wanted to be a part of? Um, well, I mean, I think what I recall got me into politics was just that I, I liked helping people, you know? So when I was in, when I was in college, I went to school in Albany. And um, when I was in college, what I always... Uh, did is that I was a person that to join everything. Like when I got to college, I was like, oh, let me join this and let me join that. Um, and one of the things that I joined was AmeriCorps. And I was an AmeriCorps volunteer. And um, when I joined AmeriCorps, one of my friends, um, the um, my boss actually, he was running for office, right? And so well, okay. he said to me, oh, do you want to come with me to knock doors? Uh, I'm, I'm running for office and I need help knocking doors. So I said, okay, why not? You know, let me go and help him knock doors. I've never done that before. And so I went with him to knock doors and we were knocking doors in, in the community. And I remember this one woman said, 
you know, we were talking to this one woman and she was like, oh, this is great. This is really interesting. Um, but it doesn't say here, are you a Democrat or a Republican? And he goes, I'm a Republican. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a Republican? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and I was like, I thought you were a Democrat. I've never met a Black Republican before. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I had that moment too. And so he was like, yes, I'm a Republican. And, um, and my friend, uh, him and I are still friends till this day, and he has always been extremely supportive of of, of everything that I've done. Um, and he is still a Republican. <laughs> um, but I mean, like I said before, even though you know he was a Republican, you know, I I still we were still friends. I still believed in him. I still believed in his candidacy. Um, but also, it was interesting because he also helped teach me about politics and getting involved in politics. So he, you know, he introduced me to the Senate internship program and he said, you should apply for this and you should, this would be a great program for you. So I applied and I got into uh, the Albany uh, state Senate internship program and, and did that. And that's where I interned for local state Senator Diane Savino uh, for uh, a couple of months and, and really like honed my skills in government to better understand government, how it works, how, you know, politics and all that stuff. And then when I graduated mm -hmm. from college, she hired me, um, as her director of constituent services. So I think that, um, I kind of just fell into it because it was just a really, a great way to help people, you know, government affects everybody's life it doesn't matter who you are yes. like government affects people's lives and i think that all too often most people don't know how to navigate government and i think it's really disappointing because government works for people and in the people government is supposed to make it as yeah. easy as possible for people to navigate their resources and services that their tax paying dollars pay for you know, like it's not, I always say there isn't anything in government that you haven't already paid for. It's government. <laughs> we all pay taxes. You pay taxes. How old are you again? I'm 15. You're 15? Mm hmm So at 15, you've probably, you know, you're paying taxes. You pay taxes on the clothes you buy. You pay taxes on the food yeah. you buy. You pay taxes. I do. I went to dinner with my friends, and I was like, okay, guys, we have to tip. And then they were like, uh, why? And I had that moment where I had to explain. I ended up explaining taxes and everything at the table on Saturday. That was a fun teaching moment. <laughs> yeah, we paid taxes. We went all over Brooklyn buying stuff, taxed on things. So, yeah, 15, I paid taxes too. <laughs> I like how you said you had to explain all that stuff to your friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> and how did they think? Well, it was only one of them, but she was very informed at the end of our day <laughs> and knew that she had to pay tips when she went to restaurants and all that but the tip ended up being factored in already so we didn't have to do it ourselves but still <laughs> it was a learning 
moment nonetheless. Good, good. But you're right. You're right. I mean, I think that's important for people to understand. You know, the thing that I've always tried to get and what I want to communicate to people is that government works for us. Government is not some secret Illuminati type of situation. Mm -hmm. Government works for us and everybody in government works. I am a government employee. I work for you. And I don't yeah. think that get, that gets communicated enough. I don't think that people are truly informed, enfranchised, empowered in the way that they should be. And I think I think elected officials' roles are to do that, to empower and enfranchise your constituents, to, to hold you accountable, to hold government accountable, to make sure that they're getting their fair share in taxes and resources and services. Because at the end of the day, right. what disappoints me is all too often, all this money is being given to the government, and yet very few people are truly getting the resources and services that they really need from their taxpaying right. dollars. Right. Right. And something that you said earlier that I really appreciate is that you figured out that you wanted to have this type of career while in college. And sometimes, like, my friends, they kind of feel bad. They think that I have it all figured out, which I don't. But also, you know, pressures by their parents and everything, thinking that they're supposed to, I don't know, like, have it all figured out before college. And you don't have to, you know? Like, there's so many different career choices and so many different fields that people just don't know about. Or they want to make change and they don't know how. And I think by you saying that you didn't know, but look at you now is like one of those really important moments especially yeah i mean listen i'll be honest i i don't i will it's okay to not know you know like it is okay to not know it i i don't know all the time like i will never sit here and say i have all the answers and that i have it all figured out that's not true you know i think that you know, what happens is, is that you get to know people and you learn and you constantly educate yourself and you surround yourself with people and you, and you do things like this and you have conversations with different people and you learn about their experiences and, 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 and what brought them to where they are. And, you know, those who are willing to share their story and share their knowledge, you know, you take from it what works best for, for you, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, I've I've gone down this path of, you know, AmeriCorps. I did Peace Corps and I lived in Morocco for two years. You know, like, so, I mean, like, I, one of the things, I, I, I can't say that I went to college and I, and I figured it out in college. What I figured out is that I just know I like helping people. And I, I want to make people's lives easier and better. How I went about that was you know, just different opportunities. I worked in the state senator's office and then I left and I went to the Peace Corps because for a while I thought that I was going to, I wanted to go to law school and become an international lawyer. So, so I went abroad and I went to join the Peace Corps, lived in Morocco for two years, you know, and I, and I learned to live that life internationally. Um, and then I decided that you know, I wasn't going to go to law school, but I was still going to get my master's. So I went and got my master's. And, you know, it's just life takes different twists and turns. I don't think that it, you necessarily have to have it, have it figured out. I just think it's, I think it's okay to have an idea 
and just see where it takes you. Right. So I personally believe in transparency between the community and who represent us. I know you do too. So as city councilwoman, how do you plan on communicating with the community, what's going on, and that sort of stuff? I think definitely to communicate to one's community, you have to use all forms possible, right? Especially in this day and age, you have to use social media, you have to use, you know, texting, you have to use emails. Um, You know, my campaign, we create a campaign video to just, you know, spread the word and and get the word out about the campaign. Um, um, My biggest thing is always just trying to reach people uh, using the virtual platforms that we have, especially in this day and age. And I think that, you know, now that we know how to use these virtual platforms, I think we're going to be using them more, right? Yeah, so definitely. even when we return to going back to in-person things, we'll still be able to include the virtual world in that. Um, and I think right. that's a powerful tool. Um, and I think that, you know, I definitely want to make sure that that tool is capitalized on as much as possible. Right. So my next question has also something to do with the community. As you know, the North Shore has been hit with unfair disadvantages, which made us in turn underprepared for the pandemic. And then, and then after that, we also had more COVID cases than any other area on the island. How do you plan on like, I guess, helping our community when it comes to these things and having something as simple as COVID testing accessibility, whereas, you know, other places on the island, they have it everywhere and just, Everything is so, I guess, I don't like to use the word unfair, but it is. It's unfair. Nothing feels equal. Nothing is like equal. You're right. There is an equity issue. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about an equity issue. (coughs) Excuse me. Right. And with there being an equity issue, we have Mm -hmm. to look at how do we create more equity? How do we make things fairer? Or how do we give people, what you're talking about is giving people access that didn't have access before. But there's a number of reasons for for what we're seeing. We're seeing um, a lack of access to healthcare and resources. We're the only borough without a public hospital. And that to me is, we all know that this means that we're not getting our fair share of public health dollars. Um, compared to other places. Mm. So we're missing out on a lot of resources and services when it comes to public health, when it comes to transportation. You know, when you have major transportation issues, it makes things difficult. It makes access uh, and availability uh, difficult. It makes people being able to get to go get a vaccine difficult because they can't even get there, right? Um, right. Everything is connected. When you talk about healthcare issues, I always say we're in a system of crisis care, not healthcare. What we what we do is we wait till people get sick and then we take care of them instead of taking care of people and keeping them well and keeping them healthy. Um, yeah. We have to look at how we actually improve people's quality of life because that is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with quality of life issues. And that's what city council does. City council is your basic municipal level of government that works to improve people's quality of life. Wow. I love the the crisis 
type of situation. I've noticed that. Like, we are more responsive and reactive than proactive, especially in disenfranchised communities. And, like, while we're on the topic of health, something that is very important to me um, is accessibility to healthy foods and communities of color. So neighborhoods like Stapleton, West Brighton, and other areas on Staten Island, specifically on the North Shore, they're food deserts. And for those who don't know what that is, it's urban areas where it's difficult to find good quality, affordable food. Meanwhile, neighborhoods like where I live in have an abundance of grocery stores and healthy food options. Like I just had wild caught salmon. If I would go to somewhere where my friends live or somewhere where I used to live, there would be like fish with pumped up with GMOs. Everything is so unhealthy. Like chicken that's not even that couldn't even be a natural chicken is so huge. All of that is what's being given to us as a city councilwoman. What would you do to fight these type of issues? Um, so I mean, food insecurity is something that a lot of times we don't talk about, especially here on Staten Island. I'm, or we don't talk about enough. One of the things that I find is like this very interesting statistics that I read is that on average in most neighborhoods, there's a grocery store for every 9,000 uh, uh, community members, 9,000 constituents. Here yes. on Staten Island, there's, especially in the North Shore, there's a grocery store for every 17,000 constituents. So that right there should just show wow. you like we are under, we are underfed in our communities. Um, I don't know, when you go to some of our grocery stores, it's packed. It's just packed. It's just packed. Always. And it's because we don't have enough yeah. grocery stores. We don't have enough grocery stores close by. We don't have enough affordable food close by. We don't have access to enough affordable, healthy food close by. So in general, um, you know, when you talk, you're right. You're 100% correct. We're living in a food desert. We're living in a food insecure community. One of the things that I'm a big believer in is that when developers and all these folks, you know, want to build projects in our community, the first question I have is, mm -hmm. where's the community benefit to this? What are you building that right. benefits the community? What do you, you know, I, I cannot stress this enough. I, st I, it's amazing that, you know, I've, I've grown up on Santa Island, I've grown up on the North Shore, and <clears throat> the only grocery store that I've actually seen built in the past 10 or 20 years is, is and this is nothing, you know, is, is literally one of the most expensive grocery stores that, you know, one can barely, you know, you know afford uh, sometimes. So yeah. really, you know, how do we, work with you know developers to make sure that the community projects are built with community resources and community needs that hey that sounds that looks like a great project can we put a grocery store in that project can we and that's what your right. elected officials do they sit down at the negotiating table with the community and say to yes institutions and developers and all these folks listen you guys want to build this, but what is in it for us? Especially when you're getting millions of dollars in tax abatements. Especially if you have the opportunity mm. to build on public property. 
what is the benefit to the people? What do people get out of it? What do people, what will allow people to have, going back to what I said before, a better quality of life? Show me the yes, better quality I of life. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I think that's something that we should, we need to demand, um, especially. Uh, and I think that is something that both sides of the aisle can agree on. I, I don't think that it should be controversial. I think it's very simple. Um, people just, people need better food. I think that we love when someone gets sick, we say, you should eat healthy. You should this, you should that. But they never say how, they never acknowledge how hard it is. And I just think that that's something that I really value. Um, I want, I definitely want equity and Lastly, one of my last questions, what advice would you give young girls who have aspirations in politics? So uh, the advice that I give to young women who have aspiration in politics is to go right ahead and, uh, and let me know what you want me to do and I'll do it for you. Um, nobody can do anything on their own. Nobody gets to where they are on their own. I have stood on the shoulders of many people. And even till this day, it is a team of people. Hashtag Team Amoy. <laughs> you know, we all about the hashtags up in here. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Amoy for Council. Um, it's a team of people who allow me to be here, who, who help make this possible. You know, like my graphic didn't, get created yeah. overnight it was a team of people that created it you know like everything is done by people who believe in me um and so i understand that i have a responsibility to believe in you and other young people and to say to you that when you want to whenever you're ready you let me know and i will do everything in my power to get you there because that is what I'm supposed to. That is one of my main things when I say all the time, why am I running for office? I'm running for office to make sure that everybody is able to accomplish whatever goal they want to accomplish and not have the bureaucracy of government standing in their way. I love that. I appreciate that so much. I know that other young girls especially on Staten Island, would appreciate that. And my last question is that if people want to get to know you a little better and your policies a little better, where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you or your team just to... So folks can reach out to amoybarns.com, sign up to volunteer. We're in the last three months of this camp, people-powered campaign. And like I said before, I don't do this on my own. It's through the support of so many people and so many uh, individuals, friends, family, loved ones, neighbors, partners, you know, that help make this happen. So amoybarns.com is just a great way to sign up to volunteer, check out my policies, check out my campaign video. Um, and also they could uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Amoy for Council. 
all those entities are the same. Adam Boy for Council, my Facebook, my Instagram, and my Twitter. Um, also, they can email me. They can email the campaign at info, I-N-F-O, at Amoy for Council, F-O-R. Um, so really, really excited about what's uh, ahead. I'm really excited uh, for you and this amazing podcast that you're doing um, and to work and do this work of continuously uplifting you and supporting you in any way, shape, or form possible. That's what I'm here for. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and joining me. I think that my audience will really enjoy this. I want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to thank you again for hopping on. I really appreciate it. Also, oh, yes, I'm so bad about that. On the Run NYC. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at On the Run NYC. We could also find us at any, wherever uh, podcast uh, streaming that you service that you use and that you listen to at On the Run NYC. Um, Althea Stevens and myself host this podcast to talk about running for office or experience running for office, um, how much fun we have running for office and <laughs> how much fun we sometimes don't have running for office. <laughs> so check us out on the run NYC. And we can, you know, you should, I should have you on my podcast. Yes, You're, you gotta be on my podcast. You gotta be on the podcast. I'm always, Yay. always. So thank you so much again for joining us. I will see everyone next Tuesday. Um, Have a blessed week. Thank you, guys. Bye.